Hey man, say man, welcome back, man. Welcome back to the Act Like You Know podcast. I'm here with my other host, Los. Um, we're missing, we're missing, we're missing a very key member mm-hmm. of the triple threat here in Femi. But we do have his picks, so those that like to fade Femi can fade him. It it but is. I, I got I got insight. I think I, I kind of like Femi's locker today today, but um, we'll get to it when we get there. I just want to um, say I just want to say that it is fade Femi Friday, so it's nasty. But um, <laughs> you know, Femi Femi Femi's in a in a he's not in a slump in gambling. He's a slump in locks of the days. Yeah, because Femi been hidden in the chat, like outside of the lock of the day, he's hidden. And so I know what y'all thinking. Does Femi work for Fandle? No. Because I was thinking. Maybe. I don't know. I was, I'm thinking that last night. I'm, I was thinking more like he, he works. might be a double MGM. agent. Yeah, he works for MGM or DraftKings. But you know. You never that, know. His locks are nasty. Like, what? Well, okay. The first one was Iowa State. Demolished. Brutal. Brutal. I, the second one was Kentucky Charles Barkley guaranteed. The thing, the thing with Femi's locks is it ke- they keep you engaged. Not the Iowa State one. The Iowa State one was over as soon as it started. But the last two have kept you engaged all the way to the end, and then they just and then it happens. The Fanduel attack. But Femi is a Femi is good, so don't don't get it twisted. He, you know he's in a little rough stretch, like James said, as far as locks of the days. But he has been winning money, so don't let it confuse you. Yeah, pay to other Femi's other picks. He did pick FAU to win. He was the only one. The only Pick one the straight up win. Hey, trust the but, process. Um, yeah, he'll be he'll be back. Um, then we had some uh family uh family matters to deal with today, so we'll see him. We'll see him soon again. Mm-hmm. But um, shit, yeah, Los. Uh, we'll start off with the first game of the day. We're gonna recap yesterday before we get into our picks. Um, Michigan State versus Kansas State. Let me know your thoughts. Man, I was so sold on Michigan State yesterday. It just wasn't a Michigan State type of game. First of all, they gave up 98 points. I can't remember the last time Tom Izzo's team gave up 98 points. It was a brutal, brutal showing. They couldn't stop Marquise Noel. I mean, he was throwing alley-oops from 40 feet. Keontae Johnson was killing them. They just they couldn't stop, man. And they, they got a group going in the second half. And AJ Hogarth looked like he was going to take it over. But they just couldn't get more than one stop in a row. They kept leaving my mood of wide open for three. I know he's 6'10", but he was spraying it. Uh, shout out Harlem because he's from Harlem. Um, right in his hometown. Like, literally, everybody was there for him. I forgot how many people they said, but it was a big family crowd there for him. And, I mean, he showed out. Um, and credit to them, man. Jerome Tang, first-year head coach in the Elite Eight. So, you know, shout out to him. Yeah, man. Uh, so, I didn't get to watch the first half, really, because I was on the way to uh, Fanatic Sportsbook and Athletics. But the second half was electric, man. Um, It's just like, well, I was watching a little bit in the car, but it's just like we predicted it was going to be the most exciting game start to finish easily. From start to finish, that game was engaging. Um, It kind of reminds me of like, it kind of reminds me when like all the, like back in the days when all the players used to stay three, four years. So you had a lot of veterans on the team. And I feel like that's kind of a product of what happened also. Like they Everyone on that court has seen every college look. So I don't want to say it's easier to score, but like you could just see that things were clicking at a high level like they should be in March. Um, 
Yeah, man. I thought when it went to overtime, I thought Michigan State was going to pull it out because they were down five with like a minute left. And we had a big three from, I want to say it was Aikens. And then Hogarth tied the game up. But yeah, man, Marquise Noel had a masterclass in controlling a basketball game. 20 points, 19 assists. Deontay Johnson from 7-5 showed up. I think I think he did he have also have 20? Yeah, he had 20 for sure. I I really want to I'm curious to see when's the last time Michigan State gave up 100 points cuz they pretty much did that yesterday. I'm curious if you would have told me they were going to give up 98 points, it would have been I mean no question. I thought they got blown out, but you know, shout out shout out Marquise, man. They called him the little guy the day before and and he showed out. So shout out to him, man, for sure. Also, one of my favorite players on the Kansas State team, Dan. He's a shooter. I, I forgot his name. I, I should have wrote it down. I don't know why. That was bad by me. Wing you know or big? I'm talking about. He has like a huh? Is he a wing or a big? He's a wing. He hit the he hit the shot. He hit the dagger basically at the end of the game. Midway, uh, mid range fade away. Oh, my move, bro. Also from New York, Harlem. That's what I was talking about. He's. I kept saying it yesterday. I was like. He really has a shot to go to the league. Like, like out of, I want to say out of all of them, he's the best NBA prospect. But for real, like, he's got a, he's got a ratchet. Mm-hmm. That boy, every time he shoots, I think it's going in. And he's not shooting it, like, right near the line. Like, he's shooting it from NBA range all over the court. Yeah. Um, I'd be scared if the Warriors picked him up or something. He, it was a play where he came, he set a screen for Marquise Noel, and he, came off to the left, and he popped, I mean, like three or four feet from the three-point line. And it was – I'm talking about as soon as he let it go, I knew it was good. I'm like, it was deep, too. So, now you're right. He's definitely probably the best NBA prospect on that team. I wonder how uh, old he is. You can't – yeah, you can't You can't give him no space. I don't know. But um, I'm going to go look back and look at it later. Or I might look at it now. But um, next game, complete blowout. I didn't watch much of it. UConn versus Arkansas. Thoughts? Yeah, not too much. I mean, they blew them out start to finish. I did. If y'all watched the previous podcast, I said hammer to four. So wasn't my lock of the day, but I definitely said hammer to four. I just knew it was going to be a complete mismatch. What Arkansas does well, UConn does better. And defensively, they're much, much better. They were much, much bigger. And I just I knew Hawkins would have a big day. So not too much on that game. I knew it was going to blow out. Said it had the potential. And I mean, they blew them out. So not too much on that one. Did you know Ishmael is a junior? He's probably going to come back next year, but he shoots 38%. No, he shoots 40% from three this year. And I said, Mama, yeah. it's Masood, I think. Yeah, Ishmael yeah. Masood. Um, yeah, Masood. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he shoots 40% from three. Played all 31 games. That's interesting that he only scores 5.5 points. To me, at least. Mm-hmm. With that, I feel like... Uh, Jerome Tang would draw more, more plays, but it's neither here or there. Um, yeah, like you were saying though, UConn, Arkansas, just start to finish blow. There's not really much to say. The only takeaway I have from this game is I think actually that Nick Smith should come back. He's lotto, he's a lottery pick though, projected, but I think he would do well coming back and playing. Like it would be good for his development to come back and play another year at Arkansas. But if you're a lottery, you gotta go. There's I will no say this that should make you stay. I was about to say, I will say this, with the NIL deals and stuff, it makes it easier to come back because, you know, you can make, you know, a considerable amount of money, especially 
if you are worried about the long-term investment. But if he's a top 10 projected, I don't know exactly where he is like projected uh, in the lottery, but if he's inside of that top 10, there's no way he comes back. If he's on a fringe 14, 15, there's a shot. Because, I mean, you're seeing people like Mondo Baker got 500,000 at uh, UNC. So, I mean, he could realistically, if he's a lottery pick and he comes back, he could realistically get somewhere north of that. So, I don't know. If you're 14, 15, I'd, I would still probably go. That's more than you're going to make at college. But um, Yeah, it, I think it's guaranteed you could fall. Yeah, I about to say, it kind of just depends. Because that's also a projection. It's just Like I said, if you're projected to go 14, 15, hey, you could fall out the first round. You could go top 10. It just That's what I'm saying. It, it just depends on what you are hearing from the scouts and what you believe and what your coaches are actually telling you you need to work on and stuff like that. Yeah, I think he's going to um, test the waters. Mm-hmm. Just test. But I I do think he was, he's going to leave. Uh, next game, good game. FAU versus Tennessee. Where's my pen? I don't know what my pen is, but that was the lock of the day. I told y'all, I gave y'all the blueprint of what exactly was going to happen. I knew for a fact that number 13 from Tennessee was not going to have another 27-point outing like he did against Duke. I just knew it. This FAU team is good. This is probably the best mid-major team I've seen in the last 10 to 15 years. Like, this team is really, really good. I'm going to go on the limit for all my hardcore, avid college basketball fans. I do believe that this team is better than that Loyola Chicago team that went to the Final Four. And I also think this team is better than the 2011 VCU team. This team is good. They're deep. They can defend. They can rebound. And they were just – they overwhelmed Tennessee in the second half. Like, it was close in the first half, but they overwhelmed them. They have too many guards, too many wings. Their bigs are solid enough. Like, that – Kansas State game on Saturday is probably going to be my favorite game of the whole tournament. That's going to be a really, really good game. Yeah. Um. So, yeah. Basically, um. I yeah. They just got adjusted to the game of the. It, they didn't look out. Uh. Outmatched. They look like a high major D one basketball team. They don't look like a mid major. They match up well. I would say they match up well with everyone in the tournament. Like, there's no, there's no team I look at and I'm like, oh, FAU can't run with them. Like they look like a top, they look like a big East type of any mm-hmm. any style that you can play. But um, yeah, in the first half, I saw two. They out rebounded Tennessee, which was telling if you were watching the game, and that's what made me place. I had a profit boost to place uh, on um, FAU, and I placed it on them for plus. I don't know. I mean, my it made my odds jump up plus fifty percent. But I placed it at halftime, and they were plus, like, 300. went up to almost, like, plus 500. But you could tell in the first half, they were getting a lot of the shots they wanted. Like, their offense did not look stagnant. It didn't look like it was disrupted. They were just missing. And I was like, if these shots start falling in the second half, then it's chalk because Tennessee is not about to – Tennessee didn't look like they did against Duke on offense. 13, he had 27 against Duke. Yes, he had six last night. And – and that's really telling because Duke has Mark Mitchell and he can clearly check him. So I'm not saying, you know, that's the end all be all and they would have won, but it probably would have gave them a much better chance of winning. And this Tennessee team, I mean, James has been telling y'all this throughout the duration of the tournament. They cannot shoot the ball well. Them in Arkansas cannot shoot. So they found a team that just hit their stride and it, it got it got bad pretty quickly. I mean, they, they were a five and a half point underdog and they won by seven. So that tells you, you know. How much time to run to start the uh, second half too? That was Brutal. insane. Brutal. But um, yeah, man, I don't know what it is. I I don't know if you notice this. Like, I mean, I know why, but like teams, like when teams face like UNC, 
the Dukes, Kansas. Because Arkansas kind of did the same thing. Um, who else am I forgetting? Kentucky's people play have out of body experiences. Yeah, like stats don't matter no more. Caleb like Griffin. especially or in rivalry games. I'm not sure what it is. I it needs to be scientifically tested, but they just regress back to the mean. And as you see, that was the real Tennessee team that you had seen since uh Ziggler has been out. Even with Ziggler, they weren't a good shooting team. But obviously, Ziggler there, he's the point. I a lot of people don't like I've noticed that people don't call him the best player on the team, but I thought it was like a no doubt like Ziggler is the best player on Tennessee. Mm, it just it depends. I mean, I like uh uh what's his name? Santiago Viscovi. Yeah, I like Viscovi, but you know, it just depends. Ziggler <sighs> Especially at the beginning of the year. He was very, very, very – he was coming off the bench. I mean, I don't know. Give me Viscovi, and he's, he's older. But, you know, it just depends on what you like. Yeah. I also think that they're a better defensive team with Sigler because he's able to pressure the ball, really get into you. I feel like he runs the offense better because he is the point guard. But on really? to the, the last game, um, we had Gonzaga versus UCLA, man. I'll go second, man. That was – I don't know if I've seen a bigger meltdown in the second half from a basketball team of that caliber. I mean, they are senior-led. Now, granted, they are missing Jalen Clark, um, but that's a senior-led team with two players that have potential to play in the NBA, maybe more. And they got outclassed in the second half. Like, there is no excuse for the embarrassment that they put on in the second half. Like, I – if I was a UCLA fan, I would be utterly embarrassed. I would be utterly embarrassed, seriously. They weren't making shots. They weren't playing defense. I mean, they had uh, Malachi Smith look like he was – I mean, I, he looked incredible on both ends of the floor. It was it was bad. Like, it was really, really bad. So, I mean, I, I don't have much to say. They were up 13 and a half and lost. So, I don't have much to say. All right, man. So, I don't like how you're – I don't like how you're discrediting Gonzaga. We've seen this from Gonzaga. When they're down at half in the Mar- in a March Madness game, they're gonna they gonna they gonna fight back. They're not just gonna lay down. First of all, yeah. I feel like the real problem was I felt like it was an even match in the first half. I just felt like Gonzaga was just turning the ball over too much. Just turning the ball over and no, they were playing zero defense in the first half. But not to say that UCLA UCLA was hooping, but you could tell like after the first half, they only had well, three guys is a lot, but like Ame Hawkins got exhausted in the second half. He was running on fumes. Yeah, Tiger Campbell, Amari Bailey played out of his mind. He's definitely a lottery pick. Um, and yeah, they had those three guys, but Ame Hawkins gets tired. And then the Drew Simi show was on full display. He didn't get a lot of fouls in the first half like I expected, but the second half, it was it was it was foul galore. And, the bo- and you know me, I was like thirteen minutes left. I'm big on coaching, like. I wanted to be a coach at one point. I don't understand why Mick Cronin doesn't make an adjustment. Timmy finished with 35? Six. He finished with 36. When he gets to 18 or something crazy like that in the first half, immediately you come out of the second half and make an adjustment. I don't care if you're up 13. I don't care if you're up four. You make an adjustment. You come double. You help from the backside. You do something. And he didn't do nothing. He let him just have 30. I mean, he hit a tray ball in the beginning of the game. Like, 
we're going to make him do something else than what he was doing. He literally was doing whatever he wanted. So, I mean, that was just very, very poor coaching. You didn't go zone from what I seen. You didn't even try to switch up your flow. So I feel like you just not gave up per se, but you were so stuck in your ways that you just wanted to, you know, play him one-on-one and hold your players accountable. And clearly, you know, he couldn't do that. So for him not to make any adjustment is just poor, piss poor coaching from a very, very, very good coach. Um, so I can understand what Mick Cronin was thinking. We're going to let Drew Timmy get his because like Drew Timmy by himself is not going to beat us, which I understand. Um, because like Drew Timmy had 36 and 13. Like if if the game plan was Drew Timmy is not going to beat us and we're going to shut off everyone else, it worked to perfection in the first half. I think one of the bigger, uh, well, well the biggest, the biggest adjustment that I saw from Mark Few was taking Hickman out the game because he did not look ready for the moment. Hunter Salas and uh, um, our boy, oh, why did I just forget his name already? Malachi Smith. Malachi Smith had a huge second half. But, um, yeah, I was like, I, I understand. If we shut off everyone else and Drew Timmy goes off for 36, we're going to still win by 10, which they would have. Malachi Smith got going. They made the change from Hickman, taking him out the game. Gonzaga stopped turning over the ball. And then offensively, I felt like that was the problem. Because offensively, they were going, they were doing so well. They had 46 at half. And just they went 10 minutes without a field goal. That can't happen. That and no basketball game. I don't care what defensive adjustments he didn't make. His team couldn't score for 10 minutes. Another thing, too. Okay, so you don't score for 10 minutes. Sometimes the ball doesn't fall. Like it's happening to minutes? all of us. No, no. Sometimes the ball just doesn't fall. It's 100%. You can ask anybody. Sometimes the ball just doesn't fall. 10 minutes is a, is a stretch. But sometimes the ball just doesn't fall. Your offense just doesn't flow. You cannot give up 8-0 runs, 10-0 runs consistently the way they were doing. Like 10-2, 6-14. Like you cannot do that. You're the best defensive team left in the in the field right now, literally, statistically. You're the best defensive team. You have to make an adjustment. I understand that Drew Timmy... It, the plan was to let him cook and shut everybody up, or we're assuming that was the plan. Something has to give. You need to make an adjustment. You need to go zone. You need to pressure. You need to do something in order to reflect, to reflect the game in a positive way for your team. You didn't do anything. You just kind of sat back and let them just go on runs repeatedly, repeatedly. He wasn't calling timeouts like that. Like You need to do something in order to switch the game flow. I understand what you're saying. You can't go nine minutes without scoring. You cannot do that. But Ten. that – that is much more likely to happen than you just completely figure how to play defense for 10 minutes. I don't care. I don't care what defense you throw out. If you go, if you go 10 minutes without scoring against the best offensive team in the tournament, you're going to lose. They're the best offensive team in probably the last three years consecutively. You're up 13 points with a senior point guard, with a senior team like David Singleton's old, Hami Hakez is old. Uh, Tiger Campbell is old. Go get a bucket. No, go play some defense. Go do what you literally. You can only def- play defense for so long. <laughs> but that's that's the name of your team. Like that's like UVA. If they ever get like that, if they were up third, or they, they they let them up too. And that's I feel like that's a more of a UVA's plan. Like you know, what I'm saying we're just going to harp on. Our, they didn't do. They didn't score or play defense. So I mean that. Yeah, well, that was, I mean that's that usually bad. how. That's why teams like that don't really survive. Like if you if you look all the defense like Big Ten plays like this, but all the defensive teams that you just play defense and you can't really score, 
these are the teams that are most likely to get upset in the first couple of rounds. We we see it with UVA. They haven't made it out the first round. Tennessee, we all thought they would they might go home early. San Diego State, we were all scared for them if they couldn't score. Charleston gave him a Charleston's not a good not a good uh defensive team. I've watched mm-hmm. a lot of Charleston basketball. Yeah. They're, they're not this okay. Oh, they're they're yeah, they're okay. They're okay. San Diego State is supposed to be like oh yeah, the the one of the it's top five defensive teams in the tournament, and they they gave them a scare. You at the end of the day, you got to put the ball in the basket. So there's no there's no game plan for me as a coach. If I if my team can't score, there's nothing. It doesn't matter how many defensive adjustments I make. We have to score. So what was what was the stat you gave the fans the uh, last week for that uh, Missouri uh, break? Uh, no team has made the Sweet 16. If they are top 10 in offensive efficiency and below 100 in defensive efficiency, right? Zaka is not that though, right? That wasn't what I'm saying. What I'm saying is the big stature that you're referring to in that specific scenario is the defense. You want the better defense. If I'm going to bet my money, I'm going to take the experience and I'm going to take the old, I mean, the better defensive team. And it's not like UCLA can't score, they did go on a, a mean cold streak. Which happened, but that's not act like they don't average 70 something points a game this year. Like that for them to give up for them to score 18 points and give up what 40 points in the second half is unacceptable. Like 40 give up four, they were gonna give up 40 if they didn't, if Gonzaga doesn't just force have unforced turnovers off all the first half. You can, I mean, you can say it's unforced, but a lot of those were they had 10. Turnovers, ten turnovers, but how many? And was they were just said, dribbling off their foot. Don't say they were just dribbling off their foot. There are people in the gaps. They're pressuring people. There are people on the backside helping. It's not like he's just literally dribbling off his foot. That's not what's happening. There are people there. I saw Hickman do that like three times. You might have seen Hickman. Just, you might have seen a freshman do that, maybe. But the I'll say out of those ten turnovers, I'll say seven of them were because of either pressure, people in the gaps. They were probably maybe two unforced you just did some bonehead stuff but the vast majority of those turnovers were good defense so now i'm let me not let me back up gonzaga played a hell of a second half like let me not take nothing from them they played a hell of a second half but mick cronin i know he's like kicking himself because that is unacceptable hami hakez is tired you can clearly see it on the offensive end his shorts are his shots are short they're not going in go zone give him a chance to catch his breath Call some timeouts. You're not using the timeouts anyway. God. Help your players. Do something. Oh my God. I can't even imagine if they win zone. Do something. You don't even they know what happened. It might have got even uglier. No, he had 40 points in the paint. He had what, two threes? Maybe one? Ooh, you're talking about true Timmy? Yes. I'm talking about everybody else getting hot. Oh, let them get. I mean, if that's how you're going to be fine, let, let me see that. But you didn't even attempt to give your players yeah, yeah. An, like a. You didn't try to make an adjustment. Like, if you make the adjustment and then it doesn't work, okay. But you didn't even attempt to make the adjustment. That was another reason I was, like, a little bit shocked with Tom Izzo. Because you didn't even try any. You didn't try to pressure um, uh, Marquise Noah. You didn't try to deny him the ball. Like, you didn't try much of anything. He kind of just did what he wanted to do. Like, they ran the same mesh play where the big comes. He comes around Slips and he pops. Yeah, literally, like they ran the same play. You didn't try anything. And then what really killed them, sorry, I'm switching games, but what really killed uh, Michigan State was there were two or three times where Jaden Akins and Malik Hall's men were in the pick and roll and they didn't switch. 
And the big the uh, guy from Harlem that you was just talking about, he literally just popped. He had, what, four or five threes yesterday? I mean, he literally just happen. popped or went. Uh, he slipped or something and just got a wide-open shot. Like, that was just brutal coaching. That was terrible, terrible, terrible by two Ishmael of the best coaches 15. in the country. Huh? Ishmael had 15. Yeah, how many threes? Four. That was come on, bro. How many how many points did he average? Five. Five, but I mean he's been hooping in the tournament. Yeah, but come on, bro. Like at some point you got to make an adjustment. Like he's hit three. Switch the screen. We're gonna help you. Like I feel like Malik Hall would be okay guarding uh Desi on the on a uh, wing or Carter or whoever. Like you'll be okay for a possession. Like come on, bro. Switch. Do something. So that that was smell came off the bench. Fifteen. That makes sense for Sills. Sills was in foul trouble. Yeah, but I'm just saying, like, I was just using him as an example. Like, you can switch, you know, one through four and be fine. Like, and then Sissoko played the worst game of his career. Like, so, but, yeah, man, that was – it was a good day. I ain't going to lie. The whole day as a whole was really, really good basketball. It was it was good coaches that made bonehead or didn't make adjustments and they were just scratching their head and sticking in their ways. But – and I – um, I don't know if y'all know this, but I have been a manager. So I've been there. Like, I've been on the sidelines, and I've heard and seen these assistant coaches talking about what they want to do or what they try to do. And sometimes, a lot of the times, the head coach is literally just, like, not hearing them stuck in his ways. Ultimately, he has the right call. He has the last call. So you'll hear the assistant coaches just chirping, like, maybe we should do this. And maybe – and then usually how it goes is there's one coach designated to talk to the head coach and tell him. So, like, the other coaches will pass the information to one coach, and he'll go and talk to the other coach. And it's not just an ODU thing. That's, like, a general thing. And literally, like, I've seen times where he's just like, nah, like, you know, we're, we're not going to do that. So, it could have been one of those things, but, you know, we'll never know. Uh, I did tell y'all, though, I just want to point this out. Back to the Gonzaga game. I did tell y'all, though, that Julian Strother and Malachi Smith last year disappointed me. I won't lie about that. He, he disappointed me. Yeah, uh, Watson mm-hmm. had a bad first half. I think he should, he played better in the second half. He ended up with nine rebounds. I think he did as good of a job as you're going to do on the Pac-12. How many hockey is that Pac-12 player of the year, right? I believe so. I mean, he should be. But um, as good as a job I was hoping for. Um, They almost choked it away at the end. That would that was crazy. But, um, yeah, man. Look at this, man. Nolan Hickman, zero points. Rashir, zero points. Just... Oh, Rajir didn't score yesterday? No, this just this. He took one shot. Damn. Come on, Ra. Can't be doing that. We need yeah, you to turn Marcus up. Has, oh my Marcus had 29. All right, man. We're gonna move on to the next subject. We're gonna uh cut out real quick. And um we're gonna get to our picks for uh Friday Sweet 16 games. All right, man. We're back from no, I'm just kidding. It's just gonna Click over. But anyways, it's time for what most people have come for. The only people think the only the only the only thing we're good for apparently nowadays. Only thing. Fridays, sweet 16 picks. Um, uh, I'm excited, man. We got some games here. Um, we're gonna start with the first one. We got Alabama versus San Diego State, man. Talk to me. We're gonna start it right off with a banger. Lock of the day. San Diego State covers the seven and a half. I'm telling you, lock it in, lock of the day. This team is good. They're old. They're experienced. This is probably the best San Diego State team 
since the days of Trey Kale. I mean, this team is good. It might be better than that team, honestly. That team was good. They had Malik Pope, Trey Kale. Um, if anybody's really into college basketball like that, that was 2013, 2012-ish. Um, this team is good, though. They're defending. They're big. They go about nine deep. Um, they defend the three really well, and that's something that Alabama wants to do. They want to get out and run. They stop transition. They're going to slow the game down. They're going to make Alabama play their style. Um, like I said, they're old. And I just – seven and a half points is just too much. Like, Alabama may win the game, but seven and a half, nah, I, I can't see it. Give me give me the seven and a half. Block of the day. Yeah, um, I like San Diego State here to cover two. Um, like, that's a really good bet to have. Um, so, like – if they're not San Diego State, like you said, they're really good defensively, obviously, but they're also athletic. And they have a couple of guys that Bradley and some guys that can really like that can really go. Tremel. Yeah. Yeah. Guys. Um, so yeah, I mean obviously if I yeah, I can't see I can't see Alabama just like running through like they did against Maryland and um I forgot who they even played the first round on, honestly. <laughs> um, but Brandon Miller is going to have to be a starter today. So I would also say if you can get Brandon Miller's points today, I feel like he's going to get a lot of high-volume shots up. So if you can have player props, I would p- take Brandon Miller. But um, like you said, man, I like San Diego State here to cover. The only They played two other teams that um, were just as physical this year, and that would be Tennessee at Tennessee. They lost by like seven, I believe. And Brendan Miller did not have one of his best games. I think it was four for 11, 14 points. And then the other game I got here is they went to Houston and beat Houston um, early in the season. I believe it was in December. Um, but they also did not beat him by seven. So both times they have not covered the seven and a half or likewise teams by seven and a half. I understand that um, San Diego State plays in the Mountain West, obviously, but um and it's not as high as competition, but yeah, I just it's it's that's a lot of points, especially another, in the game. Another thing too, like I said, Alabama wants to shoot the three. San Diego exactly. State defends the three really well. Alabama defends the three also very well. However, San Diego State doesn't take that many threes. So what they defend really well doesn't really affect what San Diego State does offensively because they're not looking to shoot a whole bunch of threes. And like I said, they're very versatile. Like they're they rotate four, five, six, nines. Uh my favorite being Ladie. Um, shout out to the little uh TikTok video going down where it'd be like Ladie. Every time they say that, I'd be weak. Like Ladie. But now nah, he Light skin, looks like handsome Squidward. Like, that's my favorite player, I swear. Um, him and Lamont Butler. So, hammer, hammer, hammer this. Seven and a half. Yeah. Um, what do you think about the over-under on this game? One, 137.5? 137.5? Whew. That's a lot of points. Yeah. That? I'm, that's almost I'm, 70. That's almost you – you would almost need 70 from both teams to cover. Yeah. So I'm, like 70, 68. I'm, I'm thinking right with you. If you can get it, especially if you can get it at 140 live, take it under. I'm with James. Let's take the under. I I think this is going to be an under game if they play to their standards. Obviously, if Bama gets out and runs, if Bama gets out, which I don't see happening at all, to a big league, then yes, I would I would assume the over is going to hit because then San Diego State has to play catch a ball game. They're going to have to get out of their principles. And then even if even if they do that, I don't see 
if Bama gets up like 12, 15, I don't see San Diego State coming back. Like, I just I feel like they'll maintain that 15 point lead, but I don't see it going back and forth. Like, San Diego State isn't the best offensive team in the country. Yes, they can score, they have a couple scores, but their game is predicated on shutting you down. So, James is right. Take the under two. Um, next game of the day, um, we have a lot of big faves. We got <clears throat> Houston versus Miami in Kansas City. Hold on, let me see where the first game was. The first game for Alabama was that's going to be in the Yum Center in Louisville, Kentucky. So I Ooh. guess we'll see more Alabama fans there, obviously. But second game, Houston versus Miami. Um, give me your thoughts. Houston is favored by again minus seven point five. Don't sleep, San Diego State fans travel. Um, I don't. I did this with FDU, and I'm sorry, I got to do it again. I don't have a spread pick for this game. This game is like the hardest, hardest game on the board for me because, as I told you, I love Nigel Pack. He gets it done, big shot maker, big shot taker. I will tell you this. If Isaiah Wong shows up like he did game one, they will get the doors blown off of them. Like, there's no chance for him to have like a five or six-point game. Also, uh, my guy, Pooplar, Pooplar, Poplar, whatever his name is, he's from uh, – his name is Wooga. He's from Philly. He has to play he was hobbled. He must have his ankle. They said he should play, but he's a really big uh, key to them. And, you know, I don't have a spread pick. I'm going to just say Houston wins, but just watch out for that. If uh, Wuga doesn't play and Isaiah Wong has a bad game, this has the potential to to cover. But, you know, I ain't going to give a pick. We have – I have news today. I have big news. I just got the I got the message from Femi. We have Femi's lock of the day. Femi's lock of the day is Miami plus seven point five. And I have news for you. I'm also going to lock in Miami plus seven point five with Femi. I, I'm scared. I'm not gonna lie to you. I'm scared. <laughs> it's another sweat fest. You know me, man. I only picked the sweaty games, man. But um, yeah, I, I'm a little scared. I'm not gonna lie, because this this could turn this this game could get nasty. I mean, I don't I don't see it getting nasty like that, but it could. Now we have Shed and um, Marcus Sasser. Yeah, I don't know why I couldn't remember Marcus Sasser's name. That always happens to me. But they they are a little bit hobbled. They both Shed got injured last week. Was it an ankle? I think it was his ankle or a leg injury. And then obviously Shed has the groin injury. So they're a little bit hobbled. Um Miami guards, there's no, there's no, there's no game plan for Miami's guards. No game plan at all. I like how Norchad or Mir is moving. I think, I think we're gonna get a good game. Um hopefully, I hope both teams are healthy, but I think it's gonna be a good game. I think it might be the best game of the day, honestly. I've been saying that for like a week. I've been really excited about this game. Um, so I think we're going to get a good game. And I think that Miami will cover that seven and a half. Um, I also want to say that Femi has Miami covering, but uh, Houston winning. He also had Bama winning that game. He didn't give me a cover. He just told me that Bama would win. Um, One thing, um, just for you know the viewers, this will be the first game where Miami's big uh, – will go against somebody as physical. Maybe not as big as Trace, but he's they are, as a collective group, as physical as him. So 
and he dominates. Like, he's a really, really good undersized big in the ACC. He dominates. This would be the first challenge. If he steps up to the plate, I'm, I'm going to be shocked because – uh, I'm interested to see if um, Houston can go out there and guard. Like, oh, they're gonna guard. Oh, they're, I they're know, gonna, but they're gonna guard. <laughs> they're gonna guard. But like, we're talking about we're talking about Miami's four out one in. Look, I it really depends. You know, Nigel Pack is gonna show up. He's big shot maker, big shot taker. It's the others. Like we, I feel like we. You know what you get out of shed. You're gonna get like twelve. You're gonna get a good solid game. Marcus Sasser, but I feel like it's just. I don't know, man. I ain't, you know, y'all lock of the day, so I'll let y'all have it. But this is this game is the most tricky for me because I it's like you don't really know which side. And then the last caveat I do want to mention is that if Houston wins this game, the final four is in Houston. So that's a big incentive, you know. I'm not saying that's the reason why they'll cover or anything, but just to specifically win the game, the next game will be in the city of Houston. So no, they gotta make it, they gotta make it to the final four. This is only a sweet 16 game, okay. Oh, I'm wilding. Well, the next game after that. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I don't know. That could be added pressure also because they're trying really trying to get to Houston. We'll see though. Um. Next game we got we got Princeton Tigers versus the Creighton Blue Jays. Uh, Creighton is favored by ten. I can't have a spread pick on this one. This is tough. Ten points is a lot of points, especially this late in the tournament. I will say for my fans that I did put down a small wager on this game. Um, I took Creighton first half spread. So I took them to win the first half by five. Um, that is actually on a parlay that I have in. Um, but this game, I mean, the way Princeton slows it down and the way Creighton plays defense, it just screams under. Um, but this is this is one of the trickier games. I don't know what to expect. I will say that I don't think that the big for Princeton should have a good game because Carpenter is a really, really good defender. But, you know, he he showed up. He showed up and showed out for, for weeks now. So I can't keep sleeping on him. So no spread pick, but I did take the first half. Yeah, I don't have a spread pick for this game either. If I were leaning away, I would lean Creighton because I just feel like we have Ryan Nimhar, we have Baylor Shireman, we have the two best guards, we have the best big. Not to say that Tucson's not a monster, but I feel like, the the challenge of guarding Ryan Kalkbrenner is a real problem. Like, yeah. I'm not sure. I don't see how they're going to do it. He's not, I'm not saying he's Zach Eady, but Ryan Kalkbrenner is a problem. Like, and he can knock down the occasional three. Like, he can also space out. Um, Yeah, I like Alexander. We got Kalu. I mean, Kalu's not. He hasn't shown the offensive leap that I would like for him. But Kaluma. Oh, Kaluma? Sorry, mm-hmm. my fault. My fault. I don't want to disrespect you, my guy. Yeah, all good, all but good. You know I'm bad with names. But yeah, um all good. Uh yeah, Kaluma. Um, yeah, this is a really good defensive team. So I don't see I don't see him carving him up. Like Missouri was a bad defensive team. Arizona, if their shot's not falling and their inconsistent guard play was always a worry. I think we have consistent guard play this game. You have a really good defense. Maybe underrated for some, but Creighton has been a really good defense all year when Kalkbrenner is on the back line. If Kalkbrenner's not there, they were horrendous. Yeah, brutal. I think they have I think they were like one of eight in the game that Kalkbrenner wasn't played when he had mono. But yeah, I like Creighton. I like Creighton to win. I feel like 
I can I see the under though. I can see the under bet. Um, the under is one forty one. So, I I I like the under. Under is good. Like Prince, under. Is, Prince is gonna play slow, but if this game gets out of hand, I still don't think. Yeah, Prince even still, play. give me the under one forty one. Under. It might be a. It might be. It could be a little bit of a sweat if uh, Crane gets out because sometimes I've noticed that Crane like just. Like against Baylor, they kind of like chilled. They were playing defense, but they were like, "Yeah, you know, this game's over." Yeah. And Baylor was able to get some last minute buckets. Last game of the night, we got Texas versus Xavier. Texas minus four point five. This game is also in Kansas City, Missouri. Texas fans are used to traveling there. We're it's good. To, let's see if Sean Miller and his crew's uh, Xavier team can travel down to Kansas City, Missouri. But Texas minus four point five. Los. What's the over under? The over under is one forty eight. One forty eight. For this game, I'm give you a spray. Give me the over one forty eight. Um, Xavier is gonna they're gonna score eighty points. Like that's just what they do. They're gonna score seventy five to eighty points, and Texas is going to win this game. So just by simple math. If they're gonna score seventy, they're gonna score eighty. You know, vice versa. Like they're gonna cover the over. Texas is really, really – both of these teams, honestly, are really, really experienced. The guards are really experienced. I feel like both coaches are are doing a phenomenal job, even though Sean Miller does not teach a lick of defense. It's, he has maybe two defenders on the whole team, but as a whole, they do not play defense. But they do have Sule Boom. They do have Adam Conkle. They do have Kobe Jones. Zach Nungy comes out. Now, they did lose Zach Freeman for all my fans – or not my fans, but all their fans that didn't know. Um, he was the four. He averaged like 14. He's out, but he's been out for a while now. Um, but Texas just they have more. They're a little bit more uh, deep and their guards are just a tad bit better. So uh, give me the over. But I'm leaning just Texas win. See, I don't know about that part. The last part you said, I don't know if the guards are better. I don't know if I if I were picking. I think I would take Sule Boom and um and Kobe Jones. Well, I was assuming that he was he was be a wing because they start Adam Conkle. Oh, I feel like Kobe Jones is the other guard on the team. Conkle is kind of like a. I don't think because like you, I feel like you rarely see Conkle really bring the ball up the court. Like he's really like I'm gonna get to my spot. Like kind of like a. I guess you kind of saw it against um Pitt. Like kind of like a. He's not like Clay Thompson per se, but you know what I'm saying. Like yeah, like I mean Kobe Jones. He'll initiate the offense, but I've just – I mean, when I was saying that, I was considering him as more of a wing. But even still, I mean, if you take Marcus Carr, uh, Serge Barry Rice, and Tyrese Hunter, I think they're better, especially Serge Barry Rice. That, that's the player to watch for the game, Serge Barry Rice. He has the best pump fake that I've ever seen in my life. He's a monster. He will be an NBA player. Remember I said that. That's – yeah. Give me the Texas. And I, honestly, when I was talking about him, I was just talking about Tyrese – but Serge Barry Rice is probably the best player on the whole entire team, if you ask me. So yeah. Um. So I I came in here ready to take Xavier plus four point five. I still kind of like that because, like we say, guards matter, and I feel like Sule Boom has not had a game in which, to me, I mean the the pick game was good, but. I feel like the first half, it was obviously over because Kunkel went like, I think he was hit five for five from three. And that's all I can remember for for. And Jack Nungy was hook king. Oh, my Wait, goodness. He was side note, side note, who said 
Zach Nunji was gonna cook the bigs from my pick. twins still played good though. Who, I'm just I'm just saying like who who said, play good. who said that though? I don't I forgot. You did. You said Jack Nunji would play good. Oh, all right, all right. Just me. But Jack Nunji was cooking. He didn't cook as much in the second half. He cooked in the first half for sure. Not the second half. But um <laughs> the first half he was cooking for sure. Um I don't even remember how much he, he finished with. Probably 20. At 18. 18? Yeah, 18. Yeah, solid. But um my twins had 18 too, combined. So no combined. <laughs> They're the same person. But um, yeah. So I'm gonna go with the guards here. I'm gonna take the points. It's not my favorite bet of the day, but I think they can get it done. Honestly, um, my problem, my problem with this game is it's Jack Nunji because Dylan DeSue is a problem. I'm not really sure how Jack Nunji is gonna get off. So it's gonna be very guard heavy for Xavier if their guards aren't hooping. Like I need, you're gonna need Boom and Kobe Jones to be getting off, which they can get off. They can. They're probably yeah. they're one of they're they. I mean, it's up for debate. You couldn't they, say that they're best backcourt. It just it, it, on their best day. backcourt where in the on game or in the country? In the country and left right now. Heck no, dude. If they're on though, if they're on, no, no. they were hooping <laughs> in Big East play. Come on, don't sleep on them. You don't watch a lot of Big East basketball. I know you. Who don't? <laughs> you know. You don't you watch, know, a watch a lot of basketball. You know, I watch a lot of Big East. You know my. You know my favorite guards are in Miami. But you take them also. Houston also. Houston also has them guys. I can't lie. You know what I'm saying? Like, I won't lie to you. It's a little. They're top three, for sure. I, I, I mean, won't go lower than three. Would you take Marquise Noel and whoever else? No, because at this point, I would. I don't care who's on the side. I'm taking so, him. Marquise Noel is a one-man machine. Um, I don't consider him a, a – I can't put him in the guard duo. Marquise Noel is half man, half amazing. Um, not sure. <laughs> hey, man, that that boy's a problem. Hard over hype. And you can put him with any – I mean, I don't care who you line him up with, with Kansas him State. Him and Sills? Yes, they're better than uh, – No, Marquise Noel right is better. Yes. So just give me anybody. I'll take me. I'll take me and Marquise Noel, and we're better than them. I promise. Oh, no, I don't know about that. That's too small. Assume that's no, we're good. We're good. No, that's, we're too, that's too small. Bro. No, listen, that's too listen, small. listen, 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 listen. That's too small. No, listen, we're good. I'm telling. We're good. No, I'm telling no, you. It's okay. It's okay. No, listen, okay. I'm telling you. We're yeah, really it's, good. It's okay. It's okay. Um, we're good. I, I promise. We're good. Like, anyways, I- Xavier. Um, cover. That's what we're gonna go with. Um, I also like the over two here. Um, yeah, man. That uh. The Dylan DeSue and Jack Nunji matchup, I feel like it's going to be one of the bigger matchups tonight. Also, which third player can get off in either game? If Kunkel can get off, then you can you can if if Kunkel's having a good game, then we can lean towards Xavier. But I feel like it's going to take three players to get off in this game. So whoever has the three players clicking, I feel like wins this game, obviously. And um, but Texas even, is the better team. We didn't even say Texas is best player. Timmy Allen, we we didn't even mention him. Is it, but Timmy, 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 yeah, Timmy hasn't had like a. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Mid range killer. He hasn't like like you said about Sule Has Boom. He been like hurt though too. He's been hurt, yeah, but he's been yeah. playing. Uh, he well, he played last game for sure. Um, but he hasn't really had like Texas is really complete. I have a bet with one of my friends 
that they don't win the whole thing. And I'm scared. I ain't gonna lie. This Texas team is really, really good. Like I'm, I'm a little bit nervous. I don't think they'll win it all, but I mean, they're. We've been talking about Houston getting to Houston. We're forgetting where Houston, what state Houston's in. Yeah, yeah, nah. I Austin mean, gonna show out. Oh, Austin will be there. That thing, if they play, if they played Houston in the Final Four or the uh, championship, I mean, that thing will be probably 50-50. Like Texas, I don't fans, even think it'd be 50-50. Um, I think Texas in I think more Texas fans would show up because like, you got to think about Houston, Houston, like Houston, Houston. Like you got to think how big Texas, the University of Texas is. But it's in Houston. Houston. It's in Houston. I understand what you're saying. The locals, the locals can show out, but. This is this is this is the state of Texas. No, listen, it's in, it, it'll be Texas. in Texas. It's in Houston. It's in Texas. Both universities are in Texas. No, but it's the state of Texas. But it's in the city that's of like, Houston. That's like if we had the college football game. I don't care. I don't care. I don't care who Texas is playing. It could be Texas A&M. Texas fans are. There's it, going to be more Texas fans in there. No, just like, do something with the tickets. Perfect example, off topic, but like Red River, that that thing is fifty fifty, and it's in yeah, Texas. I feel like I feel like it's the tickets though, but it's the whole state of Oklahoma. It's in the city of Houston. <laughs> like, I don't give a. I don't Texas fans, show, they show up and show out, but you you underestimating the host. It's in like that's like if Virginia Tech and ODU was in the Natty or something, and it was in Norfolk. Norfolk would show out. Sure. You know it. Yeah. Like, now, I feel like a better example might be Norfolk and UVA, maybe. We might have a we might have a problem there. If UVA played at OD or in Norfolk at the scope, that thing would be 50-50. A part of it too is a lot of the times the ticket sales are literally split like that. Yeah, like yeah that's what I was saying. They're gonna send 50% this way and 50%. That's what just so nobody really has like an advantage, but nah, yeah. I feel like I, Texas fans are sneaky, man. Hey, man, they look, don't get in there, man. If it was Texas football, I'd be right there, I'd be in there. Like listen, me. I'm trying to tell you that game. Listen, we can't have two Texas teams in the final four. Someone's, I think, someone's falling. If you had to pick an upset today, who is it? <sighs> All right, so my lock of the day is Kansas, I mean, it's uh, San Diego State. I don't. I just. I don't. I don't want to see Houston lose. I don't. I can't envision that. Like I really think this Houston game could get a not ugly, but it could get to like a ten point game. Um, the third game of the day was Creighton versus Princeton. Mm. See the way Princeton plays is so crazy, but Creighton defense too. I'm gonna honestly say I don't. I don't think there are any upsets today. If I had to pick one, I'm gonna just. Go out on limb and say will be Xavier just because they can they can shoot the ball so well. And Texas, if they get into like an offensive slump, Xavier is not one of those teams where, like I told you about Marquette, where they can get in slumps. If you get into that with Xavier, Xavier's going to score. Like they have they have potential NBA talent as far as scoring the basketball. So they're going to score. Mm-hmm. If Texas gets into those lapses where they don't score for stretches, it might be a problem with a team like Xavier. And they've shown that they went to UConn. And they got up early and they couldn't come back. And everybody sees how good UConn is now, but we've seen that months ago. So if it yeah. was going to be an upset, I'm going to take the closest spread and go Xavier. But, you know, I, I feel like today probably should be a clean sweep of favorites winning. Who do you think? Um, the game I like the most for an upset, um, it'd probably be San Diego State. 
I like how athletic they are. Like, they are really an athlete. They're not like UVA, where it's just like, oh, we're just going to lock you up. Like, San Diego State is athletic enough to compete with Bama. And if Brandon Miller has an off day, it, it could spell trouble. Combined with uh Bradley or Butler going off, I they have the recipe. I think the recipe is right in front of them. I think they have the best recipe out of all the teams. Um, Miami is a bit of a struggle to me. I still think them covering. It's going to be one of my favorite games. But um, Xavier, I think the big matchup is concerning me really bad because, like, Jack Nungie is, like, integral part of Xavier's offense. But they are one of the best, if not they're, if not the they're top three offenses left. I some You could put them at two if you wanted to. I think Gonzaga's one, obviously. Miami's up there. Houston can really score the ball, but you can also think of their defense. I feel like the two teams left that you really just think about offense is Gonzaga and Xavier. I think Miami. I think back to your original point, San Diego State has a lot of depth and a lot of wing talent that they can throw at Brandon Miller. And I feel like just like with Gonzaga plan, even though it didn't kind of work out, if you well, kind of opposite of the Gonzaga plan. If you take away Brandon Miller and have the other people beat you, I feel like that's a recipe for success. If Brandon Miller starts cooking and then you get like little contributions, that might be that might be a recipe for disaster. But I don't I I would say this. I don't think that the guards, I don't think JQ and Mark Sears has a big game. Now if they do, might and they have Dana Brantley. If they do, it's over with. But I just I can't see it just the way defensively they are. And another thing too, San Diego State is really big and physical. So Bama can pound people on the glass, and that's just not happening today. They have Nathan Mensa, like I said, Ladee. They got a guy named Keyshawn Johnson. They're they're big enough, and they have a rope. They're they're good. They're good. So yeah, they, today is gonna be a good slate of games. Like I'm actually intrigued to see it. Yeah. Um. Yeah, man. That's that's about it. Um. I will say. I feel I feel like JQ is gonna be the biggest player of that game, though. Last thing. Um. Somebody just texted me asking for the picks. Literally, that's hilarious. Telling y'all, man, y'all better get on these locks. They're here. I don't know. Today is a scary day. I feel like for everybody. Today like, is a scary day. The scariest, scariest lock day. Um, honestly, if this was like on normal like Thursday, like Thursday basketball, like you know, like in the middle of a regular season, I would probably honestly just stay away, or I would just like lock money lines. Spreads are spreads can be devastating. As we've seen with uh, Gonzaga and TCU. Let me ask you a question. Who was more surprising to you yesterday for their team? Malachi Smith or Masood? You gotta go with uh you gotta go with Masood because he only averages five points and he had fifteen. I big I, 15. I, I realized that he had a big three against Kentucky. I, those were the only three points that he scored. The big the big time three at the end of the game, you remember? Yeah. But um yeah, uh yeah, that was a – he played out of his mind. Um, Malachi Smith, it's not It's not surprising to me because I know that – I thought Malachi Smith would be better, honestly. Mm-hmm. It's not surprising to me because at Chattanooga, he was the guy. Mm-hmm. Now, I understand this is a, tra- a transfer up. up, but um, Malachi Smith, I feel like we've always known he's had this in, in his game. Like, I'm not going to lie to you, I didn't even – I barely know who Ishmael was. <laughs> But he's yeah. been one of my favorite players to watch shoot all all tournament. Nah, and he showed out, especially 
right there in Madison Square where I know he had endless family members and friends. So shout out to my boy, man. Let me ask you something. It doesn't matter if the team won or lost. Besides Marquise Noel, who was your favorite player to watch yesterday? Yesterday, I mean, I feel like it has to be A.J. Hogarth. Like, he really performed, especially down the stretch. Like, and I told y'all this whole time, Tyson Walker was like, he was my second favorite player. But A.J. Hogarth really showed some stones yesterday, man. He came up with big shot after big shot after big shot. Got big rebounds. He got a big deflection where it was, like, tied up. Then it went off. I mean, he played well. Um, it was unfortunate how the situation just, you know, ended for him. But, and you know, he really left it all on the court. So that's what I'm going to go with. Who do you think? Um, besides Drew Timmy, obviously, because we already know I'm a Drew Timmy fan. So if it wasn't one of my favorites, I got to go with Amari Bailey. Um, oh, yeah. He looked like a – like he looked just as much as a senior as Jaquez and Campbell. I was – when he took that three to take the lead – I, when he when when he started to shoot that, I was like, "This is good. This is this is for sure going in." And he didn't. He wasn't even too high, too low after that. It was like I've been here before. Like he just walked mm -hmm. straight into the straight into the uh, huddle. No slight dap up. I'm like, "Oh, this this is a we have a killer on our hands." This is me. Yeah, I'm excited to see what he does um in the NBA next year. But um, that's it for today, man. Picks coming out. We'll have the picks out before the game. Yeah, we'll have this episode out probably about like probably about like four. So, all right, man. Anything you want to say? Shout out, shout out my mom, shout out my girlfriend. Um, I just want to point that out too. Like, comment, subscribe. Like the Instagram post. Like the Twitter. Follow everything. Um, you know, it's gonna be a good day. All right, man. See ya. So tomorrow.